1: Good afternoon, this is Earth Matters on The Bigger Picture. I'm Juliet Jacobs. Research shows that the environment and climate change is a top issue for young people around the world as youths will be most affected by climate change and biodiversity loss. So with many young first-time voters heading to the polls this GE15, how can youths concerned about climate change drive both their activism and their participation at the ballot box? I'm going to discuss this and more with Natasha Zulaika. She's a conservation scientist and the co-founder of Coral Coup. Welcome, Natasha. How are you today? Okay. Hi, Juliet. It's nice to be back. Yeah. I'm good. Lovely to have you back on the show, uh, Natasha. Thank you so much for joining me today. So yes, sorry, always when it's something to do with youth, so I will call you and, and harass you. But yeah, thank you so much <laughs> for joining me today. While I'm still considered youth. <laughs> Embrace it, okay? Enjoy it while it lasts. <laughs> um, so yeah, you know, I guess, you know, even looking at the US midterms and, you know, just across the world, I think we've seen the how the climate crisis has spawned a generation of young activists, right? Um, um, and now, of course, they're voters, isn't it? You know, they've all turned eighteen. Um, do you think that you know we're seeing that in Malaysia as well? You know, that that sort of concern for the planet uh, as being a major motivator for this generation.
0: Yeah, I think climate activism did increase among the youth uh, because you can see a lot more youth based youth based organizations popping up that revolve around climate or environmental literacy. You can see this with uh, my hutan. Um, kami, uh, collective iklim and a lot more but I don't think it is a major motivator yet because I feel like there's a lot of other causes as well such as like women's rights and um, you know the rights of getting fair wages these are also hot issues um, that youths are interested in.
1: Mm-hmm. I guess, you know, if we look at the broader picture, everything's actually interrelated. But let's talk about that a little bit later, of course. Um, and I think, you know, historically or so, we've seen that youth have often not had a voice in politics, right? Both here and, and uh, globally as well. What avenues do you think there should be for them uh, to have a larger voice in these sorts of important issues? I think
0: it starts with giving them the liberty to voice out an opinion and to educate themselves on you know how to formally do so. Like recently, we saw Fami Reza going around universities for the, his class democracy, and in some universities, it's being stopped. Like, yeah. why is that? You know. Yeah. And I understand that universities are supposed to be neutral, but to be fair, the class democracy is just um, teaching about how the system works. Like, I didn't understand how the one right yet works, and and you know, if you're a first-time voter, you're like, who? Why am I voting? Who am I working? How does this work in decision-making? So I Correct. think youth should be given the fair opportunity to educate themselves first on what is a healthy democratic system.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I guess, you know, not like you mentioned earlier, um, maybe climate change is not a huge priority or, you know, youth might uh, likely not equally prioritise climate change, right? In terms of, you know, what's important for them. What do you think are some of the major challenges uh, to youth climate action in particular?
0: I think the information on the climate crisis has been portrayed as like gloom and doom and anxiety-driven, mm-hmm. and um, it is likely that this is the reason that people tend to switch off until something actually happens to them personally—floods um, or you know um, extreme other extreme weather events. Um, And you pair this with the lack of motivation and discussion by our leaders on climate adaptation or mitigation, right? Mm. So I think it's fairly normal for people to just feel like disconnected and, you know, uh, why do I have to think about climate change pula? Like, um, uh, my leaders are not even thinking about that or, or doing anything that we need to tackle
1: it. Yeah, I don't know if you saw this recent research by Greenpeace Malaysia, right? They actually uh, they scraped parliamentary uh, transcripts so handside, right, uh, and they sort of search for environmental keywords from twenty eighteen to twenty twenty two, and I think uh, the findings was that environmental keywords only surfaced about eight point seven percent of the of times over. Uh, the last four years I think that says a lot mm, you know your leaders yeah. aren't talking about it as well you know why would you as well isn't it yeah but why it do, would be a small fraction of leaders as well right exactly I think it was only I think the main ones that spoke about it maybe four politicians and, and none of them actually uh, ministers you know they were uh, opposition members mostly so yeah mm-hmm. and I think you know that's why we need to talk about youth leadership as well right <laughs> I, I mean why do you think youth leadership and, and, and youth empowerment uh, why are those things so important for climate change and the climate crisis and all of that?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, uh, according to the UN, the world is home to about 1.8 billion youths aged 10 to 24, and it's the largest generation of youth in history. Mm. So uh, we're looking at a big group of people, and you know, youths are usually um, the ones who are bold, creative, and innovative, and high-spirits. So, you know, we are the best people to help spread the knowledge and awareness about the climate crisis. You know, we're the agents of change, we're the innovators, we're the entrepreneurs. Um, and, you know, we're already seeing youth mobilizing and harnessing their energies to hold decision makers accountable. So I guess, and and it's it's our future that we're talking about. The damage has been done. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, it's really important to build the youth leadership now. So they can make better decisions when they become decision makers too. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: And I, I think, you know, you mentioned earlier as well that, you know, maybe climate change isn't the major thing, but why do you think so many people don't understand the sort of deeper costs of climate change and how actually, you know, all these different issues are actually interrelated?
0: Yeah, I, I actually, I didn't, I didn't really know how to answer this. but so I like, tried to read some stuff this morning and I found an interesting article that actually said, it's an article on time, Mm -hmm. um, which wrote about climate change and your brain. And they said that there's more than 100 brain imaging studies to look at how certain parts of your brain, um, specifically the medial prefrontal cortex, um, how it activates or doesn't activate as much. Um, So these studies suggest that your brain stops acting like you're thinking about yourself and starts thinking like you're an absolute stranger when you're imagining your future self so when you put in the context that you're thinking about the future Mm. there's already like your brain has this distance Um. and the more your brain treats yourself as a stranger the less self-control you exhibit today the less pro-social choices you make so unless you're going to be affected by climate change immediately your brain, your, your own brain, has this glitch to you know oh make God. it a challenge to for you to deeply understand the consequences. And I think that makes a lot of sense, you know. Because okay. people yeah. are generally more reactive than proactive. And on top of that, there's a lot of misinformation and disinformation from um, fossil fuel companies and also political polar- polarization. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you add all these things together and it's really not easy to navigate and, you know, understand unless it happens to you right now,
1: right here, right now.
0: Yeah. We always mm-hmm. think
1: it's something that's going to happen far, far down the road, isn't yeah. it? So, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I, I got I got more important things to think about. I got to think about, you know, putting food on the table. Yeah. I got to think about, you know, whatever it is that's our current issue. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. But, you know, thinking, you know, with that in mind, right, and how do we tap into, I guess, young people's broader concerns, right, and also their experiences to help them engage uh, better So, for example, you know, like, uh, you know, groups and or movements that are concerned about climate change, you know, should they also consider emphasising the effects on human health, perhaps, or, uh, you know, since affordable, accessible healthcare is also, I suppose, another major uh, concern for many, many youth?
0: Yeah, I think that's a strategy that should be taken. Um, I think the best example that we have recently is how much people rely on the LRT and it shut down. Yes, yes. And the amount of people who had to squish into buses. And, and you know, it made me realize the scale of people actually depend depending on the LRT for their day-to-day lives. Like, um, you know, you want a reliable public transportation system because you... Sometimes like in the first few years of working, you simply can't afford to have a car, mm-hmm. and also yeah. you can't, you don't want to be stuck in traffic for two hours of your life every day. So, so that's and on top of that, public transport is also a way to you know um, reduce emissions and um, ha- and something that we need
1: yeah.
0: to yeah. reduce for the climate crisis. So um, yeah, there there are other causes that we can dig deeper into and related that. To the climate crisis
1: essentially it's like a matter of branding really correct correct. it's like okay, some different marketing because like you said a lot of people yeah. switch off right you say climate crisis pop switch off I don't want to think about that or yeah. it's too much for me I can't do I can't do anything to to deal with it right so I won't um, but yeah when you bring in these sorts of issues I think that makes it a bit more relatable yeah. Um and I, I mean, you know, you are someone who works with the youth a lot. I, 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 you know, in in your work as a conservation scientist, you know, in your work through Koroku, what do you think the priorities for youth climate action in Malaysia should be?
0: I think the first thing we need are better
1: leaders. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you
0: said, there's only like four opposition MPs that brought it up in parliament the most yeah. Yeah. Mm, yeah yeah the most yeah and i think i can i, I remember like yb wong tech is one of it and he's bentong right correct and i had my fair share of looking into um, the scripts that come out from parliamentary sittings as well and just like that's it that's all you say about the environment so i think we the priority is we need leaders like we can do all the campaigning we want but if we have ill-informed leaders that cannot take immediate action for you know mitigation and adapt- adaptation adaptation um, i feel like it's moot like you know there's only so much we can do uh, we can be involved in discussions and whatnot like we have been um i think youth voices have been amplified a bit more in malaysia um But we need the people who can make the decisions to make the good
1: decisions. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, that's exactly why I wanted to speak to you. You know, I mean, we've got just a few days more to go. And, you know, everyone is either apathetic or, you know, they're just voting along party lines, for example. But we really need to choose candidates who will, you know, speak up and who will push the environmental agenda. Um, And and just also looking at uh, young Malaysians, right? How can we support them to allow them to be more involved in climate action and also the political process, which, as you you rightly pointed out, is, is crucial?
0: right yeah i think giving them access to better education um, more climate literacy more class democracy in all available languages to all youth of all levels different ages you know they should be uh, if you're going to even vote for the next election like you should already be learning about how the democratic system works mm. um so on top of that i think the media can play a better role too like through objective reporting, you know, not fear-mongering, not polarizing the, the youth's opinions. Um, I guess above that, you could also fund and support youth-led organizations to make sure that they have the capacity to keep doing what they're doing. Um, hire youths into your teams, you know, have give them that chance, open up spaces for them to voice out. Um, recruit them into your boards. You know, just just by giving them a chance, really. Mm-hmm. I think that's how you can. That's the best way we can support. Giving them the education, then giving them the chance.
1: Yeah, because it's important to for them to feel that they are represented uh, institutionally, right? Also in the political system. And and I think historically, there's always this whole discussion of how young people aren't seeing themselves uh, represented, right? Um, and, and that's another reason why some of them don't vote. Maybe they don't see the point in it. Do you think the youth climate movement can also help create a resonating message that they do have a role to play in politics specifically?
0: Yeah, definitely. I think... It is already happening slowly in Malaysia with movements like Kundi Iklain. Like people want to know which MP mm-hmm. said something, you know, like something dumb about the environment and they don't want to vote for that person. They, they're already taking that step, you know. They're like, ah, oh, he said something sketchy, like I don't really wanna vote for him. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, and people are more interested to know like which party has the greenest manifestos. Like I voted for the previous GE and I don't remember seeing like someone making like a analysis, like, okay, here's the breakdown of each party and what their green manifestos are. Um, yeah, so I think that that is already happening. Um, it is a small group of people, I feel like, if you're talking about the gender um, scheme of people who are actually voting in Malaysia, right? Um, but it's growing, but we need the masses to care and i think it goes back to how we incorporate other issues like affordable healthcare or reliable public transportation um or um food you security know, we, maybe yeah food security exactly and and you know this is how we will garner more support for the climate crisis and playing a role in politics
1: yeah yeah,
0: yeah. I think got to be a bit more smart
1: about it like how do we get together, like all the causes together yeah Yeah, a more cohesive sort of approach. Um, And I think also that will also sort of translate into, you know, like ministries also working together as well, right? It's not like this is a Ministry of Environment. It's so many different, yeah, it needs to be more cohesive. And I guess, you know, I mean, a few more days, uh, we're all very excited to vote. Um, Any advice perhaps that you'd like to give to perhaps youth voters or first-time voters uh, for those who are particularly interested in climate action?
0: Right. I think it's a very exciting time for first voters. My sister is the first time voter too. Aww. And you, know, you can see her getting hyped. Like, Yeah, I get I get to vote, you know. Yeah. And um, I know the current situation also feels like all parties are the same. And especially if you advocate for the environment, like we've seen a fair share of opposition and government before this, you know, being involved in environmental destruction. Let, let's just put it out there. Yeah. And... um. But I think it's important to note that the Malaysian political scene needs a lot of changes, a lot of reforms, rejuvenation, and that takes a lot of effort. But let's start with voting in people who are not corrupt and will not run the government with elements of racism, extremism, sexism, and incompetence. Let's just start with that. I think that's the best we can do right now.
1: You couldn't have said it better. Thank you so much, uh, Natasha, for joining me today. I've been speaking to Natasha Zulaika, conservation scientist and co-founder of Coral Coup. We were talking about climate action and the youth vote. Remember, do go out and vote. Automatic registration as well. You know, everyone 18 and above is a voter. Do go out and exercise your constitutional right uh, and vote this Saturday. Uh, if you miss any part of our conversation today, you can always download the podcast at bfm.my earth or you can find it on the BFM app. And also just a quick shout out, if you'd like to find out more about uh, Natasha Work, just head to CoralCo.org. All the information is there. You guys also have on all our social media channels, so just search for CoralCo. My thanks again to my guests. This has been Earth Matters on the Bigger Picture, BFM 89.9. You have
0: been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, the business station. For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.